0: This was bad. This was just so bad. In fact, it was bad enough that it's worthwhile, I think, to really appreciate how bad it was, if only because it's going to get extrapolated an awful lot. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning from St. Louis. I'm Dan Kovacovich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this Cardinals nine Pirates nil. And that does not begin to describe it. The fielding wasn't there. This was one of the better defensive teams in baseball last year. The hitting wasn't there at all. Six singles, Adam Wainwright just effortlessly working through six innings despite not registering. A single pitch with a higher velocity than 90 miles an hour. The pitching wasn't there. Everything you didn't want to see from JT Brubaker, you saw. Three walks, which he can't afford because he gives up way too many home runs. And then he gave up. A three run shot to Tyler O'Neill in the second inning. There was even Brian Hayes right after word had emerged that he had agreed to terms with the team on an eight year, $70 million contract, leaving in the very first inning because of a minor thumb issue that's expected to. Be cleared up in no time. Everything. Everything. Went wrong. And I'm not going to be here. To belabor it. All summer long. That really wouldn't make much sense. Not when it's this obvious. But I do feel like for one game. For this game. The first game. That this is. Most unfortunately an example. Of a lot of what you're going to see. Because. This roster, as it's constituted, has very little upside. If you had O'Neill Cruz here, if you had Rowanzi Contreras here, if any of all those prospects that are now stacked up in Altoona were more advanced and more ready for this, unlike Cruz and Contreras, who already are, you could go digging for some hope. You could, you know, keep your chin up and Go get them on Saturday, boys. But that's not what's here. This is a bad team that's just begun the process of having a bad season and a boring one, and one that can bring down a lot of people and candidly turn them off before anything gets good. Which, by the way, is why you don't do this. You don't just punt on an entire season. You don't do it. And you definitely don't do it three years in a row. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of You'll get a little encouraged when something even a bit upbeat unfolds, like Diego Castillo's spring, or uh, I mean, Will Crow's two scoreless innings of relief yesterday. I asked Crow uh, about what went right for him.
1: I mean, it felt felt all right. You know, luckily I had my changeup working. Um, That's kind of the key, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was getting a little out of whack on my, my slider. And uh first movement was pulling it straight to the other batter box, so it was kinda competitive. But um on the slider. Yeah. Okay. But um, you know, I, I we we figured that out when we were out there and, you know, we the two seam was really good and the changeup obviously was playing off that. But I felt good, you know, like um just going after guys and, dude when you're doing that going
0: after guys there's a
1: pace to it too isn't there yeah I mean i I know last year there was a lot of like me slowing the game down and stuff and not I, from the writers on deadline <laughs> no i just i just i kind of you know you, you look back and you take like a full you know gla- like glance of what happened uh-huh. and I could see myself doing that even on my good games I was going slow so um that's a key for me this offseason was you know get the ball go get the ball, get the ball go and um it doesn't just help the guys behind me but it helps me you know it keeps me going and i don't have to i'm not thinking about different things in the ab it's just hey pitch yes go and um it's going to help me a lot this year and you know i'm happy with today two zeros is sort of what i'm supposed to do and get guys out and i did that and um you know I, i'm i'm Glad with what I did, but you know, we, we didn't win the game, so you know at the end of
0: it, it's not what we want. But um go back out there in a couple days and get them again. Awesome. Terrific kid. Uh, he wasn't exactly beaming about it. He's in a clubhouse with a bunch of guys who also got their brains beaten out. 9-0. But he was aware that he'd made some progress. Some things that he'd worked on in the offseason had borne some fruit and That was a good step for him, and you could tell that he was feeling a little bit. Great. But what happens if Will Crow comes through? He's shown all the tendencies of being a reliever and a middle reliever at that. And the team will have given up Josh Bell for this middle reliever. You can't do this. You can't just keep dragging along. And delaying until your Altoona people make it here. And I'm not just talking about the fans. I'm talking about the players. I'm talking about the the field manager, the coaches, the instructors at all levels, the prospects, the ones you're waiting on. You can't have them being all mopey and embarrassed about being part of the Pirates. Want to hear a cool story? When... Hayes came back into the clubhouse, coming off the field uh, for batting practice. This was early in the afternoon, about three hours before first pitch. I'd already been in the clubhouse, and when Hayes comes in, he's being chased by Cole Tucker, and Tucker's saying behind him, rich guy, rich guy, rich guy, and then he's asking him for money for something which is just awesome in and of itself, right? But Hayes makes it into the clubhouse and the area where a lot of the starting pitchers were seated starts a round of applause and it makes its way through the whole room. The kind of thing that um, honestly, even reporters who are in the room like myself don't often get to see firsthand. That's the kind of uh, event that happens behind literal closed doors and away from media. But, Again, we just happened to be in there at the time that word broke of this extension. And you could see Hayes was moved. I mean, he was emotional. The intangibles matter. If you're Brian Reynolds in that room and you see that, it's going to have an impact on you. If you're Mitch Keller and you believe you're about to, Embark on some breakout season, and you not only see that, but you're one of the guys that starts the round of applause. It makes a difference. I keep talking about planting that flag. Hayes' extension, which is a very good one, by the way, I think for both parties, is part of that. It might even be remembered as the beginning of that. But it's all the more reason why you can't just sentence a team, and a fan base, and everyone else who's associated with the process to another year of nothingness. That's what's coming. That's what started here yesterday. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back, it's time for J1Q. Today's comes from Dan Patterson, who says, I'm ready to jump off the bridge now. In all seriousness, looking back at some of the off years in the 1970s, a decade with some great Pirates teams, it seems like we've always struggled to remain relevant with the fans. If you look at attendance, etc. Will Pittsburgh ever be a true baseball town a la St. Louis, and even Cincinnati to some extent. Dan, respectfully, you're going back way too far for any of these things to matter. Cincinnati has stopped being a baseball town uh, forever ago. Um, They have some of the worst attendance, uh, some of the least enthusiastic crowds that you'll experience anywhere in baseball, and that even includes Pittsburgh, over the past four or five years they're a long 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 way from the big red machine st louis here (laughs) this is something else this is the most freakish example that you can come up with in the entire sport there's no place like this there's no environment like this where uh you get up in the morning, like I did, went for a coffee on the way, walking to Bush Stadium. I'm staying in downtown here, and just see that there's no one not wearing red. Uh, workers, bus drivers, maintenance people. Uh, I saw a construction outfit, and they were wearing red. There's a statue in a park on market street. And I apologize for not knowing the name, but it's right near the, the famous courthouse. It's in the shadow of the gateway arch and somebody draped a red shirt over this statue that takes generations. Uh, if it ever happens, that takes a continuous success that just is extremely rare in any sport, anywhere in the world, and when you see the scene that played out before the game and then during, involving Wainwright and Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina, uh, all three of whom are going to be basically going through a, an extended farewell tour together over this season, it's it's something. It's it's different. It's unusual, and no. Pittsburgh's not going to have that, not with the Pirates, not with the current owner. Even if Bob Nutting were to somehow magically start spending a zillion dollars, you would probably need a full decade of that for anyone to believe that it's real after all the damage that's been done to this point. You'd need to see players stay in Pittsburgh For as long as what Wainwright and Molina have here, and that is also rare in baseball, so you're taking one example that's just way out there. And I'm not a big uh, never type, but no, never. And you know what? That's fine. St. Louis is now a two-sport city. They have. The blues in the NHL, who of course are just a couple of years removed from their first ever Stanley Cup. And they they love the blues when they when they got to the final phrase of the national anthem, they gave out and the home of the and the whole crowd says blues like that. That's that's pretty neat. Their stadium and their hockey arena are a couple of blocks apart, and they're never far apart in these fans' hearts either. Pittsburgh, again, different dynamic. We have three teams. Two of them are very, very successful. Two of them operate in cap leagues where a Ben Roethlisberger or a Sidney Crosby can stay for an entire career, no matter how great they get. So there's that faith. There's that trust. And the pirates, in contrast, just kind of sit there as the, uh, you know, the running joke. Now I, I say all this, and none of it's to suggest that there can't be excitement. We're only eight years and change removed from the blackout, from people having the experience of a lifetime at a sporting event, and as I often like to point out it only takes the Pirates winning like two or three in a row to get the city talking about them. It's the craziest thing. It never ever requires much. And I don't even know that that dynamic exists with the Steelers and the Penguins because their little winning streaks are expected. When the Pirates have it, it's like, whoa, and everybody's talking about it. Well, you don't talk about it if you don't care, but you know, let's not set the immediate bar too high. Um, at the risk of belaboring the point, this is going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. I appreciate everyone listening uh, to this episode and to to this show all week long. And I can't say it often enough. I have no idea, no idea why are you here, none whatsoever.